Hello, and welcome to You Should See the Other Guy, the podcast where our mission is to watch a rom-com and tell you why whoever picked between <laughs> two separate points of <laughs> a love fail. triangle. <laughs> But today we are here to talk about predators. I'm Jennifer. I am Samantha. I am Sadie, aka the Predator. And today we are talking about (laughs) Prey, the Predator prequel, a famous 2022 (laughs) rom-com. We've gone pretty far afield. Heartwarming, uplifting. That part's true. I found it to be very uplifting. (laughs) I was explaining the premise of our podcast to someone recently, and then I was like, yeah, and for our next episode, we're doing prey and <laughs> it was clear how far from grace we've fallen uh, Look, in I terms think that of one of our most widely appreciated episode was the Snyder cut where you all were talking about <laughs> <laughs> how cute the purple bag Steppenwolf. my love the fan cam you made of Steppenwolf Sadie did you make the fan cam did you forward it it was great in either event I can't even I don't think I made it I think one of our fans did. Oh, little baby Steppenwolf. Oh, little Steppenwolf. And now we have tall, lanky baby Predator. <laughs> so lonely, this Predator. <laughs> this Predator um, seems young to me. So this is a Predator prequel and I've been tasked with briefly giving the synopsis. Not much plot to speak of, but we can just introduce the characters. It's 1719. We're in the Great Plains. We meet a young woman named Naru. She's part of the Comanche tribe. She wants to be a hunter like her brother Tabe, but Tabe and his bros are like, why don't you like make me a sandwich, bitch? Like, don't come (laughs) hunting with us. Um, And so she's like got a chip on her shoulder, understandably, and is determined to prove that she can hunt with her loyal hunting companion, Sari, who is a dog. Um, They see signals of like a UFO in the sky, which are very frightening. And there's also like a mountain lion that's that's been like plaguing the tribe recently. So people go off to search for the mountain lion and uh, Naru tags along. Um, They find the mountain lion, but also, bum, 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 eventually the hunting party runs into the predator, which if you're unfamiliar with the uh, long-running action franchise, is an alien hunter species that goes to other planets and hunts things for sport. Um, So basically the rest of the- other predators specifically. Oh, Jen, are you steeped in predator lore? Um, well, he like he hunts other lower, like lowercase yeah. p predators. But it's got oh yeah, like not so like, like predator versus like capital P predator. The good good point, Sadie. Um, on an audio format, <laughs> I need to distinguish that. Oh, but yeah, like he doesn't kill the snake until it kills like the little rodent. You know, um, he doesn't kill the bear until it's attacking the people. That's why he doesn't kill Naru at that one point, because she is not, she's the prey at that point. She's not the aggressor in the scenario. And that's how she escapes to fight again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jen, by the way, you chopped in and out. So you might want to start a local on your phone just in case. Usually Zencaster still catches it when you go in and out, but. All right. I will do so. Thank you. Um, But so Naru and the Predator are in this game of cat and mouse. At one point, the little plot detour is Naru and Tabe get captured by like French colonists who are like awful people, like like killing all the. Yeah. And they get like tied to a pole as bait for the predator by the Frenchman. And then the predator comes and like kills all the French people. Um, Great cinema. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to watch it over and over again. Wee wee. And then, um, so they like, they get free through ingenuity and then they like go have their final showdown with the predator. Tape dies, right? 
Yeah, he kind of does a, a noble death. I think he had already been wounded by the the trappers, and he was. But he comes to respect Naru, and he says like he apologizes for being shitty to her before, and super satisfying. He gets to like run around on his horse for a while, and that guy can really do that in real life, and that was probably why he was cast in this role, and it was awesome. But he does eventually get taken out by the predator, and Naru uses her her smarts to lay a trap for the predator that involves like bouncing a projectile around to hit it in its face and like a mud pit thing. And then she takes back the severed head of the predator to her tribe and is like, who's who's gonna make me a sandwich? And oh, drops yeah. the It looks head way on the more ground. badass too. Instead of mountain lion blood on her face, she's wearing that like glowing neon green predator blood and it looked amazing. And that is Prey. Fellas <laughs> I loved this movie. It was so good. I was like, listen, here are my reasons why I enjoyed it. I'm just jumping in here, starting from the bottom up. Um, first of all, I love Amber Midthunder. She is one of the stars in one of my favorite shows that nobody else watches, Roswell, New Mexico on the CW. It was recently canceled. Don't talk to me about it. I'm still in mourning. Um, and she's fantastic. And I feel like casting her as the main character was such a good decision. Like I genuinely have no idea how they came up with the idea of just like, let's have Predator, but we're just going to put it, it's Predator, but it, it's just set in like the 1700s in like a Native American tribe. And it's, I don't know how they came up with that concept of just like, let's just put predator in like a random historical situation but it's great and i need the next predator to be set in versailles in the 17 in the 1780s oh, that would be amazing the predator just do mur- murdering aristocrats <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, they count, right? If they were giving the orders for colonization, they're still predators, according to the What about Predator X Jane Austen? (laughs) They've already done what they did Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) Pride and Predator. (laughs) Predator and Predators. (laughs) Wait, that has to be the title of this episode. Pride and Predator. (laughs) Oh my God. Listen, I could see one of the Predators being a Mr. Darcy type situation. I could see it. I could see it. I have, I have, I would say like a little bit of overall Predator knowledge. I believe that they're called Kauja. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's K-A-U-T-J-A. And what little I know comes from the hit movie Alien versus Predator. Great movie. No Requiem one else agrees or with me. Original. I don't know what that means. They made an AVP sequel that was not that good called Alien versus Predator Requiem. If you watch the one where they go in the underground temple in Antarctica. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. That one is the earlier one and it's actually like pretty enjoyable. Um, yes. In that Audie's kind of way. Because they have like, and that I think gives a lot of backstory into the Predator and just kind of like the way that, because essentially it's like a rite of passage to like, they have just like a very technically advanced society, which is how they have such like out, like outlandishly cool weapons. Um, But also it's very war based or it's, I would, I should say very like violence based. And so the goal goal is to be like the best predator both in sense of like capital p predator and also just like a general apex predator ish um and so in alien versus predator the whole thing is that they actually hunt the xenomorphs from alien um as kind of like a like eagle scout trial basically (laughs) um is like if you can kill one of these things then it's like so they like go to earth and like use it as like a hunting ground um so in terms of like foes we have amber mid thunder we have arnold schwarzenegger from the original and then we also have all of the xenomorphs (laughs) 
as those who have defeated it. Did you, Jen, did you just send us a group photo of like a painting of the predator, Naru and Sari the dog standing in a sunbathed forest meadow? I did indeed <laughs> send that picture that I found. This wasn't from in the movie? Some, some lovely person on Twitter created this masterpiece. And I like the <laughs> idea that this is what Sadie saw in her head as like Naru was killing the predator. <laughs> oh my god, there's such a, I love, I love, wait, I love the camp of the predator having a little rope leash around the dog, like they're taking it on a walk as a couple. <laughs> Just that's like the family. most realistic part of this whole thing. <laughs> I'm getting like I'm getting trad wife vibes from the image, though. I'm sad to say. Unfortunate that yeah. I mean, they could have restyled the a little because the trad wife. yeah, I feel like the predator. You know, see this predator. Okay, so I have seen Alien versus Predator that Sadie was talking about, and uh, that predator can take down a xenomorph that is the baddest ass predator that we have met in the franchise and i have been in the room when the original predator movie was playing on a number of occasions so i think that i have picked up most of what happens and put it together there and that predator was uh i mean i guess at the time it was impressive that he was going up against such large human biceps but um you know he wasn't as badass well i say he should we call them they what do we know about predators predator gender uh, I I think I think there are female predators. I'm not sure if, if we've ever if met, we've if met we've them. Had the pleasure of meeting one in Prey. I think there's one movie that establishes it. I will. I will look into it. Please do. So I, I guess I was, well, I was looking at the Twitter of the, they had a human man play the predator in, in this one, who is like an ex basketball player who was six foot eight. But this predator seemed, uh, it, uh, his quest seemed very parallel to Naru's, that he's here on like a rite of passage hunting thing. And so they're both sort of in the same scenario that she's trying to do her big hunt to get her status within the tribe. And so is the predator. And except for the moment when she is the prey of the bear and this predator does not respect her in that right, he looks at her, you know, with common ground. I don't think there would be as, uh, like, like if there is a trad wife vibe going on here, I think Sadie's right, that the predator respects Naru. Apparently there were rumors that there was going to be a female predator in the 2018 movie, which I think is the only predator I haven't seen. And then there are other articles saying that that isn't going to happen. And so whether it did or not, people who have actually seen the movie will have to say. But I think to date, uh, none of us have seen a female predator in a predator movie. Well, I would like to maybe say, like, what am I trying to think? I would like to assume that all of the predators that we have seen are female. And that's just how the female species looks <laughs> the for the Pelias. Ju- the Jurassic Park theory. Where they just theory. don't look any different. Like, we've seen, like, all genders of predator. I feel like if if the predator species is so advanced in their weaponry, I have to assume that they are light years ahead of us in gender theory. <laughs> how do you explain the predator having in his Instagram bio... Hashtag all boy, hashtag boy dad, (laughs) hashtag. (laughs) Hashtag gay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I liked this movie, too. I almost feel like we don't deserve it. You know, like, like there's a there's a purity and a simplicity to the construction that makes that recalls the original Predator movie, which is about a group of mercenaries in the jungle who get attacked and murdered by the Predator. And like, that's it. You know, we don't have lore. We don't have world building. We don't have shadowy corporations, although there's some minor CI. Mm-hmm. related backstory and so like all of those movies predator and alien franchise both have spun out this huge web that like 
at its nadir resulted in some truly bad <laughs> 2000s era films. Um, and I almost feel like, yeah, like those era of movies are what we deserve. They've become weirdly comforting to me to watch <laughs> like Freddy versus Jason and Alien versus Predator. They're just totally mind numbing garbage in the best way. And so I'm like, my body almost wasn't ready uh <laughs> for this it was like i don't know i had been yeah subsisting off of like twinkies alone for like you know uh like 30 years and finally like had a bite of like i don't know food like an omelet or something like (laughs) your body and brain are confused by the experience of nourishment yeah i like didn't know what to do with it I love, I agree. Like, I love how it was so focused on this one, like it didn't need to do too much. And so what it did with the plot, it did it really well. Um, And like, obviously, because they had so many different animal spoilers, there's a lot of animals and a lot of animals that die. Um, And so they have to use CGI for those creatures because I'm fully on board with not having like a giant grizzly bear on set. I I would I fully support not having that. Um, But they spent a lot of time on the predator with practical effects. And so even though like there's some shots of the bear that look kind of wonky, the predator looks like high and tight the whole time. (laughs) Like he looks great. He does indeed. I agree. That bear was hard to look at, though. I don't know. Where is Bart the bear? I think Bart the bear perished already of natural, like, longevity. Like... Where is Bart the Bear's grandson? Why why are we denying <laughs> Bart the Bear's, bears in they, they should have given roles. Bart the Bear one of those retrospectives at the Oscars when he passed. Like, he had some good clips. <laughs> they should have let him, when they knew he was in his last year of life, eat an actor of his choice on stage <laughs> at the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> For those who may just now be joining us, we do have a long-standing interest in animal actors on this podcast, and Bart the Bear uh, has been in many fine films. I don't know if we disagreed, some of us, on whether or not this particular example was fine, but Bart's performance was outstanding in Legends of the Fall. Oh, Bart the Bear. They should have let him just eat, like, <laughs> he should have put, put, like, John Travolta, like, Anthony Hopkins, like, an array of like contemporaneous actors up there if they would have just tossed brad pitt on in there then none of this like stuff with him still trying to smear angie about the fbi files would be coming out now and life would just be better brad pitt could have gone out at like that height of like 1995 brad pitt bart the bear could have been honored and appeased cut it while he's ahead Let Bart choose, though. That's my official stance. Let, all right, all right. Let's, we're throwing Edward Norton in the ring, too. we're a little late, Bart the bear was euthanized in <gasps> 2000 after developing oh. cancer. Okay. When you led oh. with euthanized, I got really worried. But you mean kind of the, like end-of-life care, that his cancer was non-remissible. <laughs> <laughs> Bart the bear, too, Bart died bear. last November. And I guess we didn't... Damn. Did we note it at the time or not? No, I can't. I can't believe we were. I didn't even realize there was a I Bart the Bear too. I can't say I keep up. <laughs> the news. We're doing a terrible job tracking the our animal you both do. But Bart the Bear 2 was last in the Matt Damon movie We Bought a Zoo in 2011 and had no credits after that. And it's like the bears are not getting roles it's like they used to. It's because of the pivot to CGI <laughs> bear actors. <laughs> We're starving the bears. Where is their out union? Of their Hollywood roles. <laughs> They're replacing them Although, with automation. I feel like um, did do I, did both of you see Nope? Not no. yet, but I've spoiled but myself not, on I'm it. I'm not scared of spoilers. Wow. Well, I won't. Well, nevertheless, I will not spoil it because it is relatively new. But I will say um, that movie is a strong, strong case for 
uh, replacing CGI or replacing like real animal actors with CGI. Well, obviously you um, don't want to put real animal actors in a, you know, dangerous scenarios. And definitely I do not want to watch any harm or violence to be visited upon them. So I actually, even though I'm sad about opportunities for Bart the Bear 3 uh, drying up, I found the the unconvincingness of the bear CGI and prey to be rather comforting because I didn't really want to watch an actual animal get violently murdered. And also, spoiler, but really just more warning, the dog does make it all the way through the movie. And as I would not have watched the movie without being notified that up front, you're welcome. Well, and can I also say, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like all of the animals that Naru went up against, like the mountain lion and the bear, etc., it seemed like it went deeper than just general survival. Like it seemed personal. That bear, like, that bear was out for murder. Was like I feel like that. I feel like that bear passed like twenty elk <laughs> on his way towards her. Like he was like, "I'm gonna fucking buck you up." <laughs> and I was just like, "I don't think that that's really is that how it." I feel like grizzly bears do not put in. I feel like they're not gonna sprint across like the equivalent of like three miles <laughs> just to catch this one girl maybe to catch brad pitt like oh my god that was so stressful <laughs> that, and also the mountain, the mountain lion, lion was, scene was very too. stressful yeah i mean it was i guess it was it was like understandably aggro there when they were trying to kill it but i mean damn mountain lions today you have to worry about them taking out family pets and maybe small children but like they're probably not gonna like attack your whole settlement you know oh my god the bite the bear two obituary <laughs> it says that he died quote silently and naturally along the banks of daniel creek in utah he is wow. survived by his sister Honeybump. <laughs> Honeybump. <gasps> Honeybump. We need Honeybump to be in more movies now. We do. We need Honeybump as a guest on this Wait, podcast. Can I Google? Honeybump the bear, sweet and fierce and talented. Honeybump is an accomplished bear actor and an ambassador for the Vital Ground Foundation. She may be a bit smaller than her brother Bart the Bear too, but Honeybump's impact on wildlife conversation conservation is huge. She's star. She's oh my gosh! She's an Honey Bump has starred alongside Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt in the Growing Up Grizzly series. <laughs> Brad Pitt loves a fucking grizzly movie. <laughs> Apparently, no Bart the Bear three though, which is what I was trying to find out. So Bart the Bear two presumably did not sire an heir. Oh, Honey Bump is so cute. Honey Bump is apparently still alive and twenty two years old. My God, and she doesn't look a day over ten. <laughs> Her IMDb My trivia God, page says is a bear. <laughs> <laughs> God. Now I just want to I just want to know if I'm not supposed to touch a bear. Why do they look like that? <laughs> Cuz I would I would I would risk death to hug Honeybump. Honeybump might be safer than most bears cuz here's a picture of her touching noses yeah. with a dude. But you shouldn't go like grizzly yeah, honey man about it. Honeybump seems pretty yeah. chill. <laughs> I wouldn't risk it personally, but I respect her. Well, she has a recent credit in Man vs. Bear, a reality series in which people compete against grizzly bears in strength uh, <laughs> trials. I'd like to fucking see some <laughs> random man try to best honey bump in yeah. anything. <laughs> I'd like to see it. I feel like we got a little sidetracked. It was important. Um, it was all important. Okay. In terms of actual other guy conversation, I think twofold. What kind of romantic pairings could we possibly pull from this? And then secondly, who do we personally think is hot? Because I think that the brother Tabe is Tabe. incredibly, incredibly <laughs> fine. Not that um, Naru and Tabe. And we, I'd love we, to are not, uh, we, we are not, not an, an incest, incest podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but we will talk about Tabe's fineness to the rest of the world besides Naru. Sadie, kick us off. 
Um, uh, Dakota Beavers is hot. <laughs> He's the person who plays Tabe. Um, and that's all I have to say. That's all. And honestly, here's my thing. I feel like Naru, I feel like Naru is, she. I feel like she's sapphic in nature. I just get a vibe. I just get a vibe. Uh, but I I don't know. I Maybe that's just no. because I hopefully wish that Amber <laughs> Midthunder in real life is sapphic. And so that's bleeding over and coloring my view as a professional podcaster. Um, so I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> a professional bisexual but podcaster. It is approved, Sadie. I think yes. she just hunts. I think she just wants to kill, she's you know? She's a predator. I don't know. That's why she belongs yeah, with a predator. I, th- <laughs> I think she's death sexual. Um, she, but- she just wants to look in the eyes of another living being as its soul leaves it. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I think that they... I'm going to actually look up and see if there is any Naru Predator fan fiction. Oh, I'm sure there is. There must be, right? I'm sure that there is too. But yeah, Tabe is kind of, I mean, obviously not an option here because he's her brother, but he is the only one of the young hunter dudes who, uh, he has his asshole moment too, but who gets a sympathetic edit, you know? Um, Those other guys suck. I I would argue that I think that the brother is probably the only one who him wanting her to not hunt didn't come from a place of like misogyny. Mm -hmm. I think that it more so just came from like, he is her older brother. Yeah. And like, I mean, I feel like still misogyny, but a different flavor of it, you know, and arguably he's not like outright trying to beat her the fuck up like that one douchebag. And yeah, that was kind of a bummer. He died first of that whole little crew of hunters. And I kind of wish that he'd gotten to hang around for a little longer to like crap his pants about what was going on. But yeah, no. Yeah. And also, just if we wanted an update, it's exclusively Predator fan, like the Yaucha, like the, the Predator fan fiction, either paired with Naru or with like Reader. <laughs> reader so insert. there's just some <laughs> self insert Predator. And also, uh, apparently, people are very, very, very into like the entire franchise. So they have a lot of like lore, more lore than I would probably want in my fan fiction if I were reading it. But I did after this go watch the Adrian Brody one. I think it's called Predators with an S. Oh, I've heard that it's good. It's, Is it? It wasn't bad. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's the 2018 Predator, the Predator that's supposed to be not good. And I think Predator 2 people don't like, but it's like fine. And it's more of like a 90s action movie that has the Predator in it. Um, and if you watch it that way, it's supposed to be fine. But yeah, it's like amazing how Predator and Alien as franchises can have like one and a half truly good movies and still make so much money just based on the strength of like the design and the concept. That's so true. And also like how people can run with a concept so far. I'm I'm just kind of sitting here a little in shock at what I'm looking at. Uh, there's a fan fiction uh, by someone that I will not name. Um, and it's Naru and the Predator. And some of the tags include Buckle Up, um, monster fucker, <laughs> monster fucking, alien biology, hand holding, oh. eating Ooh. out, tree sex, <laughs> appropriate, <laughs> fingering, and cuddling. So, <laughs> both the last two probably being safer than kissing the predator, given the alien biology that is apparently and also, also interesting. I don't want to think about the eating out oh God. Uh, for the predator. I mean, I have nothing against, I have nothing against the predator's general anatomy, but that mouth can probably stay away from my lower half. <laughs> I'd say oh in general, I'm, I'm good. I'm good with it. I wonder if there's some um, good fix. There, there need to be some fix that explore the predator sex toy tech. Cause we know they've got the weapons on lock. And so you would think that they would have some advanced sex toy technology. I want to know what the predators are like when they're just chilling. Like, do they have like how do they have like couch sofas? Yeah. You know, do they wear like silk robes? Do they have like Alexas? <laughs> I don't think they're very fun that I feel like they're like, just like Equinox gym rat. 
cats Ugh. except for like hunting things you know like like you know people whose entire lives revolve around like getting swole just waking <laughs> up protein shake but what does their architecture look like you know I mean is it like just like grungly or is it like sleek you know I do I, I think actually show the predator homeworld at some point yeah I was just thinking that I remember there was a game that I used to play I have no idea why I was so obsessed with this game it was like a PC from like it was a PC game from like 2004 probably and it was my dad's and I loved that game and you played the predator and you were like on the predator's homeworld but the only thing I remember about it is that I would just climb up in the trees and go invisible and then I would just like hang up there for hours. Well, apparently <laughs> Predator architecture is the pyramids because they oh, were like the ones the one who the... came here and instructed humanity on how to build pyramids. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Predator homeworld looks pretty grim. It's just like bathed in orange light and very hostile Uh architecture. Yaucha, says Xenopedia. It does not seem like a very fun place to live. You can see why they're filled with uh, just endless rage to kill things. If we terraformed Yatuja Prime and made it a tropical (laughs) beach-filled oasis, they would stop hunting. They'd have something else to do. They could (laughs) This predator toy where it's holding like a skull with attached ripped out spine is really cute. My god. I just keep coming back to that fan fiction I can't. I can't. I have to be torn away from it. I'm just so in shock. I get. I, I, I'm not in shock. I'm. I'm a normal. You know what? You are. I'm not surprised intrigued. at all. I don't know why I'm. I don't know what I'm feeling. <laughs> Much but, like Samantha um, when she just watched this movie by itself, Sadie is <laughs> having a conflicting mixture was, of emotion inspired by the fanfic. It was an interesting feeling watching it because when the predator was killing the members of Naru's tribe, I was like, I want him to fucking die, and then when he was killing all of the French fur trappers, I was like, I want them to fucking die. <laughs> go, go, Predator, Predator go. go. And I had a, I had a thought. I thought that it would have been honestly quite cool if like the movie had kind of split off at that point with the fur trappers and kind of extended that out a little bit and had like Naru kind of working with the predator. And like, I think that it just would have been interesting to see Naru like at the end decide I want to go bigger than my tribe. And like, she would like leave with the predator. I think that would have been cool. Um, I think they might have done it if like they had all been shittier to her, you know, if like they had her entire tribe had been that one bro who tried to beat her up, then maybe she would have left. But even though her parents seem a little hands off, they seem pretty cool. And she and Tabe really bonded there. Well, like not necessarily like leaving from a place of I don't want to be with my tribe anymore, but more so just like I am as obsessed with being a predator (laughs) as this creature like, I want to see what I can do, you know? Like, I think that it, it just would have been interesting to see her, like, seeing more of the weapons and, like, seeing what she could do with them. Because we see that she's extremely innovative in ways that, like, some of the other men warriors of her tribe are not. Like, I don't know. Uh, I think she would I, have. But that being said, though, I still loved the ending of She this. may have turned over, like Samantha said, like she just, she loves killing. She likes looking into living eyes and seeing them snuff out. If her dog There are had been theories killed. that she's going to join the Predators in the Prey sequel. Sequel. See, I think that the the real ultimate reason. Oh, is there going to be a sequel? Is there one announced now? Is it rumory? Oh, I don't know. But there's something with the pistol that shows up in another Predator movie like hundreds of years later that suggests that yeah. like, they have to get it back somehow and so some fans are like she maybe joins them and that's how they have the pistol still or something if she became yeah, like a like human they- predator among the predators <laughs> that would be cool like they found the I remember this they found the pistol on like either the predator homeworld or one of the predator ships and it was kind of like seen as like an artifact amongst the predators so I think that that would be so good <laughs> And also, also, I don't know if you saw the end credit 
scene or whatever it was. Ooh, I don't think um, I stayed through the whole At credits. the end of this movie where it shows like the ship, the predator ship like landing close to the tribe, like kind of implying that more predators are coming. <laughs> like the predators just sent their teenager um, down to do their little, you know, coming of age thing, but then it didn't work out. So now they're coming down too. Yeah. So I don't know if that means like they're coming to either kill her or if they're like, if you beat one of us, you can join us. I don't know what that would look like, but... Oh, yeah, did they come like retreat and the also, body of their fallen or did they just let him stay in that mud pit? Like there's an element of like, I, I think that the concept of the predator is so cool because it's not like an evil character per se. Like it's not like a Michael Myers or a, like it's it's literally just if they see you as a threat, they'll kill you. And so it doesn't really bother itself with things that are harmless that don't mean it any harm, you know? And I find that that's fascinating. How, it's been a long time since I have seen the original, but isn't like, that's why Arnold survives, right? When he turns from like trying to fight to being a protector to trying to get like the lady and kid out of, to get to the chopper, you know, and get out of there. Mm. He survives because of mud. He uses the mud, the mud to hide I love his that, heat uh, signature. that Naru had the mud. They they made the point about the herbs she, she has that can like lower your blood temperature temperature or whatever so the predators can't infrared sense you apparently not with the herb or whatever but with the mud they like did it on Mythbusters <laughs> to like see if the mud actually hides your heat signature and it like Ooh. works for like two seconds before like you your body heat just heats up the mud <laughs> it just starts cracking off of you <laughs> yeah so, I mean it's like the thing ever once they I felt like they decided it would be really cool for the Predators to have infrared vision because it was like 1987 and that looked really cool. And then they were like, oh, shoot, we need to come up with a way that like someone could hide from this. And every way that they've tried to do it since has been like required a bit of (laughs) disbelief suspension. But I suppose alien super race of uh, killing machines also requires that. I mean, sounds believable to me. The aliens. And Jen is a predator (laughs) truther. I guess maybe I want to ask whether you think there are aliens. We've n- have we ever talked about that on this podcast? I don't think we have. We've talked about whether or not we personally would travel to space, and we are all three no, 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 no on that. <laughs> I am dying to talk. About- <laughs> Lead the way, Sadie. In that, I am convinced that there is so many aliens out there, but they do not look anything like what we classify as a living being. Like, I feel like there's just an entire planet that's just covered in like a thin layer of like slime or dust, but that dust is like life, like it's an alien. Yeah, I actually, that's pretty close. I agree, Sadie. Mind. I think that there are hella aliens in the universe. I in no way think that we are the only inhabited planet but i do think that alien life is like so different from what we can conceptualize probably in some ways i mean we're still so bad at like i've been seeing this article go around for the past week all like with the research like can spiders dream like of course a spider could have a fucking dream my guy octopuses dream you know like (laughs) why don't we focus on curing cancer (laughs) I mean, I don't know. But I feel like humans as a species tend to be so dismissive of other sentient creatures already on our own planet. Yeah. One of my old bosses thought that, like, genuinely was convinced that dogs have no conception of the passage of time. And he thought that when he left to go to work in the day, like, if, if he just turned around and left for five minutes and came back in the door, that that was the same to his dog as if he left for eight hours because his dog acted excited to see him both times. And I was like, no, you were a fucking fool. Like your dog is being polite and loves you for some weird reason because I was not feeling very lovable towards him. That doesn't make any sense. Like, So anyway, like (laughs) 
<laughs> I think that human people are likely to be stupid and shitty about alien life if it doesn't wipe us out before we get the chance to. I regret to inform you, I firmly believe that we are alone in the universe. Mm. What? Damn. <laughs> Explain yourself. Um, have, have either of you ever heard of the Fermi paradox? I have, but I don't remember what it is. <laughs> It's basically like the theory that if the universe is vast and infinite in both space and time, there's an extremely high probability that uh, if there were other alien species on other planets, they would have invented faster than light travel, and we would have seen evidence of it. So the fact that even in 2000 years, we've seen nothing. Is we still kind of haven't even reached the period in the Mass but- Effect video game series <laughs> where we find the Reaper artifacts and get uplifted and then the Turians and Asari and shit start actually paying attention to us and talking to us. So forgive me if I think that humanity in 2022 is just not there yet. Although that thing NASA released about the sound of a black hole the other day was cool as hell. And I like the overlays people are making with the money. But- Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's less yeah. about where we are and more about where other civilizations should be, given that the universe is like gazillions of years old. Um, it doesn't bring me joy to think about it, but I feel convinced by by uh, by the reasoning. Uh, maybe in this universe, but I also am a. I think that multiple realities are very likely. That is another thing. I heavily believe in. <laughs> here's here's from the Wikipedia for the paradox. Um, just to lay out the lay out whatever Italian physicists his case for it or whatever. There are billions of stars in the galaxy similar to the sun. With high probability, some of these stars um, are habitable. Many of these stars and hence their planets are much older than the sun. If the Earth is typical, some would have developed intelligent life long ago. Even at the slow pace of currently envisioned interstellar travel, the Milky Way galaxy could be completely traversed in a few million years. Since many of the stars are billions of years or older, Earth should have already been visited by extraterrestrials. Wait, civilizations so it all or rests on probes. just that the aliens haven't come to say hey to us yet. That's the... Basically. I mean, I don't know. But, 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 the- but my theory that there's like billions of planets with just like slime entities that just like whoosh, whoosh together. Like maybe they don't want to travel. <laughs> Maybe they don't have a concept of what traveling is. You think they're just homebodies? Like the Hanar and Mass yeah. Effect, they ain't coming after us yet. That's for sure. But I wrote um, a children's library book about exoplanets back in like 2016 or something. And we can barely even <laughs> fucking like find an exo. I mean, well, we could find a lot of them, but we can't fucking get a good look at them yet. So what do children need to know about exoplanets? I- <laughs> Jen, stop putting fanciful <laughs> ideas in their heads. I don't know. I did one about sedimentary rocks too. So I learned something at least, even if the children did not. But I I guess I err on the sort of the opposite end of the scale from Fermu or whatever, that if we don't know something yet, I assume that it's probably more likely that there's like hella, we don't know about it rather than thinking that because we don't know about it, that it just doesn't, it's not there, you know? I mean, just as a general rule. <laughs> Jen, can I read some book titles and you tell me whether or not you're the author of them? Oh my god, yes, you may. <laughs> the the totally gross history of ancient oh my China. God, yes, I did do that one. A career as a diesel mechanic. Did I do that one? I did several of the career series in rapid succession. It all kind of runs together. Using computer science and agribusiness. Oh, that one was terrible. I didn't know anything about that, and I had to learn it all for the book. Call of Duty, Vince Zampella, <laughs> Grant Collier, and Jason West. That was the best one I ever wrote. They should have stopped me there. <laughs> Extreme Ninja Warrior. Oh, no, that one they ended up, but uh, that was the last one that I had agreed to do, but then ended up leaving. They were supposed to contract it to somebody else, so I don't know why my name it's is. It's credited to you. Wow. They, they probably <laughs> used frog DNA to fill in the gaps. <laughs> dating etiquette and sexual respect. Oh, that was my other masterpiece. Uh, it was like a dating guide for teenagers. Yeah, I went all out on that one. I thought about everything I did when I was a teenager, and I made sure it was addressed. 
you have encyclopedic knowledge now, having written all of these library books? <laughs> you know, um, I'm a little bit, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know if goldfish actually have that short of a memory. I was about to insult goldfish there. But, you know, I wrote it and then I forget most of it. And then sometimes little factoids just blurt back up into my brain and, and I know them again. And then, but I don't walk around with it all on the top layer. <laughs> Wait, Jen, relevant to the topic at hand, are you also the author of How We Find Other Earths, Technology yes. and Strategies to Detect Planets Similar to Ours? That is the Exoplanets book. I actually probably wow. retained more of that one than a lot of these. Yeah. And what did you learn? It, have we found planets oh, that yeah. can support oh, life? Oh, well, we don't see. It's hard to say. We can see stars very easily from um, a far distance because they're a source of light. You know, you can see it. But the planets, like like our little planet, like you're not going to be looking from the next star over and able to see it, you know, next to the sun. So they do a lot of different stuff, like finding it by uh, um, when it transverses, when it crosses in front of other stars and blocks out a little blip of light and techniques like that, where you sort of sneakily find and document exoplanets. I need to look Wait, and see Jen, what I love the subtitle <laughs> of this one. Cosplay, role playing for fun and profit. <laughs> I did not get to pick it. <laughs> Step three. Puppet. I think that was part of a career series, actually. <laughs> what are sedimentary rocks? Oh, that one was classic. That one was the. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cla- that was classic rock. Most of them were yeah. for uh, middle school reading <laughs> level, but sedimentary rocks was for second grade level, and that was hard as shit to write. I never signed on for any of the other elementary school ones after that because it's like first you had to learn the information accurately and write it down like my adult brain would think, and then it was like, oh my god, I have to condense this into a really short word count and make it so that a second grader can understand it, and that was hard. So hats off to children's writers. That seems yeah, it seems challenging. I wouldn't know how to approach it. I would just be like, rocks hard. <laughs> <laughs> Hit rocks hurt hand. Like, I don't, I don't, like, how do you explain rocks? What a rock is? It should be a predators for children's book. I, Pre- I you recently- can write it. <laughs> I recently, this is the one thing that I have to say about rocks that is completely unrelated, but recently I watched a documentary at my local cinema and it was called Fire of Love. And it was about um, Katya and Maurice Kraft, who were two uh, volcanologists, and they were also a married couple in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Um, And she was a geochemist, and he was a geologist. And at one point in their career, they were visiting the acid lake. I don't know where it is, but it's like, if you like dip your toe into it, it will just like sizzle and just like rip your skin right off and he literally just bought a like rubber dinghy from a local flea market and just hopped in oh my god and she was so mad like he talked about it this was like using archival footage because they did unfortunately pass away in a volcano eruption in the 90s but um where is their movie in like archival footage I guess you watched it and that's why you're telling us about it it. but where is their dramatic movie yeah I want to see this with like a stirring orchestral strings over the volcano death at the end while they embrace oh my god it was so good and very very intense and sad but there was a moment where they had like a recording of them talking about it and she says she's like if we ever like if he's in front of me and like he dies in some type of like accident while we're at a volcano I would just like go with him because I don't want to live without him um and it was very sad um but anyway <laughs> sorry to uh, oh, off-road like, us but it was just very funny because <laughs> I know. And they died night right next to each other, which was also very sad. Um, but when he's talking about that, like acid boat trip, he's like, yeah, she was really upset at me because she's a geochemist. So she knows what acid is, okay. but I'm just a dumb rock man. So I don't know what acid is. So I didn't, I didn't know the danger. <laughs> 
Jen, write for us in real time the opening paragraph of Predators for Children. Predators for Children. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Should we uh, approach it from the explaining how they got here? Or we've got to start from the human perspective, right? Yeah. What is a predator? It's got to be careful when you're out playing with guns in the woods. If you see three red dots, set your pop cap gun down and sit on the ground. <laughs> you might get a visit from a predator. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Where do we go from there? Makes the predator sound like Santa Claus. Yeah. Like <laughs> if you don't attack, they've got your back. <laughs> Is rhyming encouraged in the writing? I didn't rhyme in the Sedimentary Rocks book, but when I'm saying it out loud, uh, it's hard not to not to go that way. (laughs) (laughs) Samantha, you have to be subjected to the original drafts of my astrology pieces. I write now, I get off on some truly obnoxious, like alliterative and rhyming schemes left to my own devices before editing. I think of it like carving a beautiful statue (laughs) out of an already almost finished piece of marble. You know, I'm mostly just trimming little flourishes here and there. That's very sweet. And you keep me from sounding like too much of an ass when I'm rhyming about predators. Well, what else do we have to say about Cray? Well, we all love the dog. I am obsessed that they they adopted the dog whose uh, real life name is Coco, uh, specifically for this purpose, because yeah. they wanted her to look like one of the Carolina dogs that would have probably lived there in the time period. So she has no training. And I thought oh, that was so right. beautifully obvious because she's running around kind of like just looking like an excited kind of nervous dog with a lot of ears up and tail wagging in the movie. And that was really cute because usually when you see dogs in movies, they are like highly trained professionals who just sort of like stand there at attention when they're not specifically doing an action. And this dog, sorry, Coco, did not behave that way at all. (laughs) And I love her. Didn't the director say something like, we used literally like every usable frame (laughs) of her that we filmed? Like there was no, yeah, I'm getting second takes. She knows her worth. She gave him the shot. She's like, I think we got it. (laughs) The dog version. Sadie, any other thoughts on Prey? Once again, I just can't stress how hot Tape was. (laughs) And that's just entirely... My own selfish note, I have no no one to pair him with. Um, But I will just say again how refreshing this movie was, both in its, not, not simplicity, but just restraint in its plot and its breadth. And that it was just like, we're just going to really pare things down, go back to the basics and look how good it was. Like it was phenomenal. It was very fun. Um, And also just how wonderful and cool it is to see a almost like 90% native cast um, on screen and just acting phenomenally. And it was just really, really good. I guess that was more so my rating. So I just <laughs> refer back to this when it comes time to rate. <laughs> but um, I agree. I yeah, watched. I, loved I was it. glad I that loved it. Um, the same friend, uh, oh, Brett Marcus Cook, who guested on our Godzilla versus yes. Kong episode. Kong versus Godzilla. I can't remember which order they build them in there. But uh, Brett had warned me that the, the dog does not die and also explained how to watch the Comanche dub, which was a little, uh, you had to like go up into the settings um, and pick it. It was like a separate, mm-hmm. listed as like a separate movie um, instead of just going to like the subtitle screen. But that was really good. And if you're already a subtitles reader, I would recommend watching it that way. I quite enjoyed it. Oh, and Sadie, I also agree with you about, um, say his name one more time, the real actor's name who played Tabe. Dakota Beavers. Dakota Beavers. Dakota Beavers had yeah. the, like some of the... And he's a great singer. Damn. I follow on him Instagram. on Instagram. <laughs> I looked at his Instagram account. I did not follow it yet. I saw that he is a native Arizonan and actually knows how to ride horses and everything. But just something about his face and the way he delivered his lines and stuff, like while I was still watching Prey, even before... 
like finishing and looking him up online in, you know, like his um, contemporary clothing and everything. I was like, this guy needs to be in a rom-com. Yes, 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 yes. Believe me, Hannah and I are on it. We have already marinated on some potential um, possible sketches um, of what we'd like to see. And it involves him being like a conservationist teaming up with a lawyer to help like conserve this one part of like, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, like a really nice protected piece of land. And then they fall in love. Listen. Oh, I like it. Listen, Are you already thinking it's uh, in the works. who you're going to cast opposite it's in him? The works. We had some thoughts um, I can't remember what we ended up going with. I can't think. I, we had some, I mean, obviously a fat woman, yeah. of course. That's, I mean, who we pair everyone with and rom-coms need more well, plus size Well, we need people. to just, um, every rom-com needs to have a plus size heroine for a while to like even start to I catch up to be, like some equity before we can think about casting skinny women again. I think that we had Barbie Ferreira in the running. <gasps> and Barbie Ferreira is going to be free now because Newly fucking available. Sam Levinson is not oh having my god back. don't even remind <laughs> me three. i'm so mad that they character assassinated her in season two in euphoria and then now they're just casting her aside she deserves better she does. like also i don't think i'm gonna watch euphoria season three yeah i kind of fell out on season two i, I like I keeping up can't. with the memes it's sort of like the way that the bachelor and bachelorette have gone for me i haven't actually been watching the season of the bachelorette but i do still like scroll through the reddit and see what's up okay Shall, we, Shall rate? we rate? I know that Samantha, Samantha has to go Samantha. off to her mysterious island. <laughs> I will give Prey four out of five beaver dam slash bear shelters. Um, well, well executed. I wish the wildlife weren't CGI. Give Honey Bump more work. Give Honey Bump work. That's <laughs> the new manifesto for this podcast. <laughs> I will give Prey four mysterious pistols that will later show up in a uh, Predator ship out of five. I thought it was fantastic. I loved the... Everyone was so good in it. And I loved the practical effects of the Predator. I loved how realistic he looked. And also just the pared down, really straightforward plot that had so much in it. And also just for choosing to have Amber Midthunder, a Native American actress, absolutely go ham as the lead character in this role. Like it was so good. I'm still in shock that it was made because it's just perfect. I love it. I loved it. I want to see 10 more. I want to see, I want to see one in Versailles. I want to see one in, you know what? Fuck it. I want to see Neolithic Prey. I want to see um, Prey in, I want to see, I want to see a Predator at Stonewall. <laughs> I want to see it. Oh my God. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Would be amazing. <laughs> the the predator through the first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the oh. predator gets in a fracas with uh, queer people, and somewhere in in the melee, <laughs> a brick just gets. Yeah. <laughs> so it, be worse than what Roland Emmerich did to Stonewall, but wildly entertaining. I feel like it would be more respectful to just drop a predator in there somehow than, yeah, maybe. (laughs) It wasn't the resistance of queer and trans people. It was the predator accidentally (laughs) dislodging a brick. Oh, well, you know the predator would be on the side of the queer and trans people versus the cops. I don't know. The predator is like a cop. The the predator like has on his dating app like a photo of him holding up an enormous <laughs> human spine the way that like guys in trucker hats hold up like that's fish true. in their dating that's true. profiles. But wouldn't you consider the cops to be the predators in this situation and that the queens were defending themselves? So given the rule, uh, I mean that's kind of because once you start defending yourself you start looking a little more attractive to the predator too as a you know one for the spine collection. <laughs> One for the spine collection. I feel like you look at me and all you see is a spine. Um, That's the predator's wife in a predator drama. Uh, Have we all rated? Jen, did you rate? Uh, 
I, let's see. I was trying to decide because I, I think higher than four stars. I did fall out a little bit in the, the bear scene before, you know, uh, you know, the CG was a little. So I'll give it four and a half very satisfying French fur trapper kills. And the half, I guess, can be one of them who gets cut in half and then his legs can live on without him just regretting his ways in life. No, I, <laughs> that didn't make any sense at all. But yeah, I really like this movie a lot. Um, I liked that it was that it was uh, a fairly simple plot. That is ideal to me for like y'all have heard way too much about my philosophy that movies are short stories and not novels and shouldn't try to pack too much into that tight of a time frame. And so I found the amount of plot and action and resolution that came together in this movie all very satisfying. I thought she looked badass as hell with the neon green blood uh, makeup of the predator when she brought the head back to her community at the end. I love the dog. I love the brother. I love Amber Mid-Thunder. She has a new fan in me now, and this movie was awesome. Highly recommended. Well, what neon-colored war paint should people smear on our faces? <laughs> I'm trying to think of some <laughs> purple. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, if, if you want to approach us with the head of a predator and uh, the the neon green, probably acidic blood of the predator smeared on your face, we will prioritize you on the arranged marriage list for Sadie that we are still taking applications for in our email account that we do not check very often at yssTOGpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to let us know that you have killed a predator and would like to apply to Samantha and me for permission to seek Sadie's hand in marriage, you can also read reach out to us on Twitter at YSSTOG. And most importantly, if you would like to throw a few dollars our way to uh, help us keep paying to stream all of these lovely, always rom-coms that we talk about for you every week on this podcast, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash YSSTOG. And we've got some peers with different rewards on there. Um, you can join our Discord server where we will surely be hopping on shortly to talk about Honey Bump, the bear actor who are still living and deserves more work and other important topics like that and Sandy makes playlists for you and you can even select a movie for us to talk about ahem 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 I would now like to thank our lovely wonderful predators Logan Logan Mannies Andrew Althea Xenalon Sharon Justin Evan Liz Brittany Ace Mara Ramey the Void Heartleaf Ave with Teeth Hadas Ryan Maddie Abby Brian Caroline and Brianna we love you all so much, and we would probably not hunt you. If- <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. Probably. We would probably, we would probably not hunt you for sport <laughs> if you presented as not a threat. <laughs> if and only if. But if the predator comes for you, you tell that thing, this is as far as you go. No more. Just, this is just it. make like a monster fucker <laughs> romance and take your shot. <laughs> Shoot your shot! <laughs> <laughs>